Welcome to the Castorian Podcast. I'm Kevin McDonough, the founder of Castorian. In this episode, I'm speaking to artist and oil painter Kate Burling. Both the exhibition we're going to discuss and this conversation took place quite a long time ago now, uh, during the original 2020 COVID lockdown. And we're only just now having the opportunity to release it. This is just a, a section from that conversation where Kate and I visit her exhibition titled Eclipse of the Dodgy Lamp which took place in an arch behind Hagerson Station uh, in 2020 during the pandemic. You can follow along and see what we see by uh, visiting the exhibition as we're discussing it and we'll provide a link to the 3D capture of the exhibition in the show notes. So now let's hear our chat. Hello Kate, how are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's uh, Thursday morning and it's it's absolutely miserable outside. It's uh, the perfect day for a pandemic lockdown. Sorry, what, what have you been up to during the pandemic lockdown? I've been working from home quite a lot of the time. So I've been painting um, in my living room and I've been furloughed from my job, which has been really nice. So I've had quite a lot of spare time. And now uni's back up, so now in the second lockdown, that we, I haven't been too badly affected because I've been going in quite a lot, and so my, it's been actually quite nice for me. It's been a bit of a kind of breather, um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So did lockdown give you like a chance to get used to painting in your room as an option? <laughs> like yeah, as a that's, studio? Been, <laughs> that's been a bit weird because the light is so strange, so it's like massively affected um the work that I've been doing but it's also it's it's nice being back in the studio because you especially using like such dark colors it's so difficult to kind of see what's going on when you've got so much glare on it so that that's been kind of a strange change in the way that I work but yeah I'm I'm grateful to be back in the studio now so do you, do you have a studio space to be able to work yes I'm a I'm at Camberwell College so I'm working just in the kind of university studios so they're kind of big shared spaces which are really, really nice. They're, it's working a lot nicer this year as well because you have less days in, but you have a lot more space. So it feels a lot more comfortable being there than it did last year. How many days do you get to actually go into the, the studio then? Um, I think it's three days a week at the moment, but they're looking to kind of up that a bit, I think. And, and that, that's worked out for you. So the other two days, you, you, don't, you don't work on painting, you can work on like your other coursework, is that right? Um, yeah, so it's research and then I, I do do a bit of painting, a bit of smaller painting and sketches and yeah, I find I find that doing underpaintings and things like that, it doesn't really matter where I am and then it's the kind of the top layer finishing it off, you need a bit more kind of space and light and a bit more freedom. So I tend to start a lot of my paintings in my room or in my flat and then we'll bring them into the studio to finish them off. With, with oils, is that not really difficult in your space like is it not quite the, the materials you use they're quite pugnant yeah you can't use turpentine or anything like that but using just linseed oil so using the oil paints and then a bit of just any kind of oil to thin it out it, it, it's not ideal but it's fine I don't think it's burning my lungs or anything do you, do you live with other artists yeah I live with two other artists are they more forgiving for that reason yeah, I do. <laughs> One of them's a uh, painter and the other one does 
uh, like performance art. So she's kind of dancing around the living room with wigs and things. So I think they're both they're both quite understanding of painting in the living room. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. How did you feel the uh, the way that Guts promoted your show on the night was different than necessarily would be if you were there with all those people in person? Um, I think there was probably more focus on on the on the pieces and especially the pieces that weren't in the show so they had the kind of upstairs room um where they showed some kind of sketches and things surrounding the theme of my show but weren't necessarily curated in the space um and I mean it it wasn't ideal and I'd rather have have been there and had people see the work um in person but I think it was it was the next best thing to being there in person, having it in VR and having some kind of private view, um, being able to introduce it with a video so that it, it kind of felt a bit more like I was interacting with people instead of... Um, you, did a, you did a video over Instagram on the, the, the start of the evening and, yeah. then the e- and then the evening rolled out. Could you maybe explain, because it's audio and people might not be familiar, how your opening private event evening when? So uh, I, I kind of introduced it with a video and then um, they showed on Instagram at kind of regular intervals between six and nine, just pieces from the show. And they included some quotes from things from my research and me talking about my work and then linked to the VR and the kind of guts page at the end so that people could go and kind of click through it and yeah, I don't know. It, it 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 gives you a bit more freedom over it. I think being able to kind of choose what you look at and comment on what you want to, and it gives you a bit more kind of autonomy over looking at the show. And it's the all the writing um, is much more kind of at the forefront. So all of the quotes and things I don't think would have been noticed as much if you were there in real life and I, I like that on VR you can kind of click on the on the works and it says the name of them and gives you a bit of information about them which you don't get when you're there in real life. How long have you been painting in oil? Probably since uh, like 2017 so maybe mm-hmm. like three years that was probably when I first started I used to paint in acrylics before then but I really hate painting in acrylic now. <laughs> why, 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 why do you hate painting in acrylic? It's just it's like dries straight away and I paint in quite a lot of layers so I instead of kind of going from one corner of the canvas to another or kind of working on small details I'll just do like a whole layer and then a whole layer over the top and a whole layer over the top and when you're doing that in acrylic it just builds up and gets really kind of grainy and thick Um, whereas with oil you can just work back into it so it's it's much more malleable I think. That's, That's nice so you can take more time to, to, to layer upon layer on each of your, your works. With these particular works, you said there was um, perhaps a journey from when the first works were made to the, the last ones. Were all of these works that are shown in the, sh- in the, the show, Eclipse of, the, uh, of a Dodgy Lab, are all of these works made during lockdown? Uh, yes, so the first one was right at the beginning of lockdown, which I think was uh, Maroon one, the one of yeah. the kind of figure on the carpet the slumped figure yeah yeah so that was the first one so kind of right at the beginning in March um and that's just of my living room that I was locked down in um and then my the last one was uh the two little portraits yeah I really like these portraits these are great 
I, I really like these. These are almost Rosh, you know, the Rorschach test, the Rorschach test, so the one where you like do the, 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 the ink blot and then you, you show it up and then you've got like th this masked figure. It's just, it's almost like an apparition, like a, like a ghostly apparition, but it's you, right? It's not me, no. It's, it's not friend. you. Po portrait with a, with a felt hat. Ah, so it's like, I, I, I think there's something haunting about this and these works all the way through, whether it's intended or not. Do you have like a haunting attitude which you intend to like uh, share? Like what, where have your feelings moved and evolved from during the course of like painting all these works? I think my main kind of interest is shadows um, and what you can kind of hide in them and what you can kind of show. And I think shadows just have naturally kind of a haunting presence about them. They have like a feeling of otherness, even if you don't kind of want to portray that in your work, it will come about because it's dark and there's things that you can't see and there's something a bit unnerving about that. So I don't think these works were intended to be scary or kind of to be haunting, but I think shadows do that, uh, <laughs> that they do. It's like, it's, I don't know, it, you, you kind of, you, you kind of start with an idea, you're interested in something and then it, it gives a certain effect and you can't control the effect that it's going to give while you're painting it it just does it so yeah it wasn't it's all kind of a bit it just kind of happens organically I think you mentioned that there was that you saw you felt an evolution throughout all of these paintings how how does maroon differ from these portraits um I think maroon is very representational it's um a lot of time went into it so it's very detailed I, I even I, I remember trying to get all the details of the carpet on. So it's, it's got all these kind of little lines on it, and it, it's and and the fireplace in the background. I remember spending so long on that, and the all the kind of the things coming through the window. It's all it's all kind of ethereal and detailed. And I've really kind of focused on like the the light bouncing off those glasses, and every kind of every kind of section of it has things considered. Whereas in those portraits at the end. I wanted to give off more of a kind of mood and atmosphere instead of honing in on tiny details. So they're much more of a kind of impressionist portrait. It's kind of like seeing a figure in the periphery. It's, I want them to have like a feeling of movement. So they're much less detailed. Um, but I feel like they have more of a kind of glowing presence about them. To me, they're more interesting. Well, I guess you were probably exposed to the other artists that were in guts during the exhibition but there, were there any other influences during your lockdown time that you kind of felt that you were spending time on that might have seeped into your work i was looking at the paint at paintings by goya um which also might explain why they're a bit haunting and i also went to this amazing show at Whitechapel, and i can't remember the name of the artist but it was the first name was kai and there were these amazing paint. It was an amazing show because it was all this one artist, but all of the works were so different. And I don't know if they were made at different times in in their life or if they just kind of approached each work completely differently. But it was really interesting, and I really, really liked the composition, the colours in a lot of them. Kai um, Althoff. Yeah, that's it. And that's where the that's where the orange background was kind of inspired in those last two portraits because it really it it makes it makes his work glow and kind of gives it this like 
natural warmth about it. So Kai Althoff. Well, that's the beauty of we're currently looking at a webpage. We can have a look at this just quickly. Is Kai Althoff a painter? Uh, yes. Is this, what, is this like his work or is, is, is it more like this? Right, okay. Really like nice muted rich colours, very kind of warm paintings. Yeah, I see, I see. Do you try and, um, I mean, these, these last portraits are very warm, they're very red. And although they so, so kind of, like this one is called maroon, but there's that, this one, this one actually gives off light as opposed to this one, which almost sucks it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's the kind of battle that I'm trying to work with at the moment because when you're using such dark colours, you need to use a lot of blue. I don't really tend to use black in my paintings because it kind of degrades everything down. So I make my black out of uh, a mixture of all of, all of the primary colours um, and that involves using a lot of blue, which naturally makes the paintings really cold. Um, so I'm, it's this kind of battle all the time to try and keep them warm. That for some reason it's really important to me that that they're warm. Um, so yeah, trying to use a lot of red and that orange background is really helping at the moment with that kind of thing. What kind of um, music do you listen to while you're painting? Did you make a playlist for the space? Yeah, I did. But the playlist was made with with the intention of it kind of being for the private view so it was ah more, how yeah. does that differ what what kind of music do you would you want in a private view so the the music for the private view is just it's just kind of nice music music that i do listen to that i that i wanted to kind of just be on in the background while everyone was just kind of chatting and uh, whereas the music that i listen to when i work tends to be a lot more kind of focused i don't i don't really want to be kind of distracted by lyrics that I know or um yeah music that I'm particularly familiar with so I listen to a lot of new music or music that I've not heard before um, and a lot of the kind of layering in my work is based off the kind of a lot of classical music a lot of work by kind of early modern composers um so people like Schoenberg or um Ligeti or uh, Philip Glass or people like that. So people that kind of use layering in their music to kind of make some kind of atmosphere I really like listening to. It helps me to focus, I think, more than my playlist would. So is, is music important when you're painting? I think music's important as an influence on my painting, but I don't always listen to music when I paint. Sometimes I'll just paint with it in mind or just paint without thinking about anything but you did end up painting a lot of these works most of these works maybe in your room or in your apartment how did yeah. that affect how did that affect the, the the outcome so i think the main thing was well there were two things the main thing was that was the light so the light in my apartment it, it was kind of very warm and and yellow and dark and I painted quite often at night and then the other thing was I was living um, with another artist so we were both in the same um, kind of studio space which wasn't actually a studio space but we were influencing each other's work quite a lot so my work changed and her work changed and that was really interesting and she's an abstract artist so our work stayed very different but 
kind of intertwines with similar qualities. The, the, was the space an issue? I mean, these are quite large canvases. <laughs> yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting a bit of paint on the living room floor, which was not great. And it kind of did take over the space a bit. So that kind of living space that we'd usually kind of relax in became this workspace and also when your painting's on display and you can't turn it around because it's wet you're just staring at it the whole time and you could see things that are wrong in it and yeah it's it's much nicer being able to separate the studio from your home but I was really lucky to be able to work from home and everyone I think was having the same kind of problems over lockdown. It's the repeating story of 2020 the hyper concentration of all the worst things um, <laughs> where you know, like people work from home and then, you know, the, 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 the boundary of like having anywhere to yourself, your personal self or your work self. Yeah. D- d- like disappear. And you're literally taking your whole work, your work home with you because you have to, you, you're in, you're in your work. You are your work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's there all the time staring at you. <laughs> would, would, would you have made these same work? <clears throat> if it weren't for 2020's lockdown? I'm not sure. I don't know how how my work would be different. I know that that first painting at the beginning of lockdown was very different to my work before. So maybe it would be, maybe I needed a kind of shift to um, start this whole new kind of series, but maybe I would have just done something completely different. Wait, wait, like where were you in your headspace before the series? As opposed to where are you now after it? Um, I was definitely very kind of at a point where I needed to... I, I, I had a lot of kind of interests in painting. So I was painting lots of different things in lots of different styles um, and hadn't really kind of focused in on anything. And then I think the the lockdown, when you kind of have an excuse not to be researching everything all the time and kind of going to galleries and getting loads of kind of out external inspiration. You just kind of just make things and they don't have to necessarily have a lot behind them. And then as you start to make more, they kind of build meaning. So these works are the kind of first first kind of body of work that have kind of natural meaning to them they're not kind of heavily researched beforehand and they go together and I think they lead somewhere so the work that I'm doing now I think kind of carries on from them and it's it's growing from them but slowly it's not this kind of sporadic research everything and not know what to make kind of way of working interesting and not it's not the first time that I've spoken to an artist that speaks about this enforced self-reflection that has to happen when you are stopped from going anywhere else, speaking to anyone else, and you must uh, just work on what you're working on. Mm. Yeah, the, it, it makes you stop and spend more time on each thought, I think. Within the exhibition space, on the wall to the left of the door is a large ochre colored canvas. And this piece is titled Orb and Drape. With Orb and Drape, Orban Drape. The the perspective is strange to I mean it's already strange because we're looking at it in a VR. <laughs> but but the but the perspective the, the, there's enough figurative elements here to suggest like the that this is a real place and time and person. But of 
course, the proportions are, are perhaps unreal. And there's a lot of um, kind of movement through time that I'm looking yeah. at here. I think this is one of the only paintings in um, this whole show that doesn't have any reference images. So this I just painted and it changed as I painted it. So I did a kind of initial sketch, which looked very different to the final product. So it, it's not real at all. And I think maybe that shows like the, the arm on fire that just came because I had this watery kind of wash underneath and I chose not to cover it. And then it ends up glowing through the painting. And the drape doesn't really fit over the foot. It kind of falls a bit strangely at a, a, a different angle. And it's just because it, it doesn't work in real life because it's never actually been in real life. Um, and I like that quality about it. I like that it's this kind of impossible scene. It's interesting that there's so much glow beneath all of this darkness and the, the, the actual the light and the drapes, they're not the, the, they're the emission of layers rather than the addition of layers. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I do a lot of kind of rubbing off of the top layer of paint, which is how, which is how I get the painting smooth. So there's not a lot of brush strokes. Um, in a lot of these paintings um, and it's it's it, I think a better way of kind of introducing light than putting white on it. White completely dulls it down um, so it's yeah I think it's a more interesting way of bringing light into the painting. So in this one for example the only the only area that I've used any white paint is uh, on that on that wall behind the figure and the rest of the light is just done by taking off the it's just rubbing off the top layer of paint and this is the is this the largest canvas no this isn't like this is the largest canvas yeah within the exhibition space the work hanging on the central wall of this exhibition looks down upon three figures sitting on a stairway kind of like you would see at a party they look like they're drinking this work shares the title of the exhibition eclipse of a dodgy lamp of the dodgy lamp the largest canvas is Eclipse of a Dodgy Lamp, which is the title of, of the show. Eclipse yeah. of a Dodgy Lamp is, a, is the title of the show. So did you, was this the first painting or like, how does the significance of this painting appear within the context of this show, this series? Um, so this, this painting, this is the third time that I painted this scene. It's the stairs of my parents where my parents were living when they were at university. So I think they had a party there and this photo was taken and I really liked the composition of it. So I initially kind of painted it uh, in the colours that it was. Um, and then I've gone back to it, painted it in these darkened kind of warmer colours over the lockdown. So it's, it's, it's me kind of painting something that I've done before, but in this new kind of scenario. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's a painting that I'm most familiar with and the title is kind of a, a play on the fact that uh, now I'm in this flat with a kind of dodgy ceiling lamp that I'm painting in as opposed to kind of where I was painting the, the previous two versions of this image. Were, yeah, your, so. were your flatmates, uh, were, were, your, were your parents in the same kind of situation that you're in today? No, so they went to um, medical school. So they were at the university in Leicester um, doing medicine. But it's really funny how how 
because I was looking through all of their photographs and how similar the kind of the life that they were living is to how we are now in London. It's not a lot has changed, even though a lot has changed. <laughs> Do you see a lot of your photographs from your times at like parties? being quite similar <laughs> yeah I do um, and I also just I like working from their photographs because they tend to be film photographs so the light and dark is much more obvious it's kind of much more graphic because um, there's less subtlety between it's just less it's worse quality images basically but I, I find them easier to paint from and but this work is uh, of the few this one is from source material which was a photograph of your um, like parents back in the day, what's the relevance of working from like your of your previous like of photographs from from the past? Like, how, why did you choose to work from your your, your parents' photographs? <clears throat> I think that I I think that naturally, if you're painting uh, something that's important to you, you'll take more care over it. So, the photographs that I think. I mean, I went through all of them and I picked out my favourite kind of compositions. So that's all it was to start with. And it was sketches of just these photographs over Christmas. Um, and then I think because they actually have significance to me, even if it's not to do with kind of the themes that I'm that I'm observing in my paintings, it, that you just kind of feel compelled to stick with them more. Yeah. And it's the same. I paint a lot of my friends as well. It's always kind of people that I know or myself. That's interesting. Yeah, like if you use, <laughs> you're actually using a little bit of like social pressure on your own social engineering <laughs> to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, help, to help you get the best result and yeah. make you stick with it. That's interesting. Within the exhibition space, on the wall to the right-hand side of the entrance is a square canvas, which has an unusual portion of its surface. It's, it's like sewn with woolen thread. This work is titled Table Objects. If I go over here, there is one distinctly different work in this whole series. Yeah. Can you can you maybe describe <clears throat> table objects a little bit? So this is also from um, one of my parents' photographs and it's of this it's of this man kind of slumped next to a table in the corner. And I've changed the picture, so uh, there were, it, it was definitely not this dark and there, was, there wasn't a house plant on it and it was very kind of different. But I just like the composition of this person slumped by a table. And initially it was quite representative, so you could see his face. And then I just added more and more and more layers of paint until it's almost just a kind of silhouette. And then if you look really closely, you can see kind of the outline of the jacket or a bit of the forehead and then I've got this house plant at the top which has these kind of almost prongs which come down to the table and it's this weird kind of showering object instead of just being kind of recognizably a house plant but it's kind of this like it's kind of halfway between the two I quite like the that kind of line between something being familiar and something being unfamiliar the big thing that I um, that I noticed between this one and other ones is, is, is also the medium, because you have thread on the canvas. Yeah. What's the you, you've chosen? Like this is the only 
this is the only painting in this exhibition where you've used thread on the canvas. Was that, have you used a lot of thread in canvas or uh, do you intend to use a lot more thread in your canvases in future? So that was kind of a, one of the first times that I've used it and I've used it a couple of times in experiments since. But it's, again, it's just this kind of phantom little shadow thing. And I just thought that the composition needed something there. And I thought that it needed something of a different texture. I also really like how I can get a much darker colour with the thread because it doesn't shine and bounce off the light. So you can really get something quite deep. Um, so, yeah, like it, it's, it was experimental and I felt like this painting needed it. But there's not um, a lot of symbolism or thought behind it. Mm. I, I I I really like the 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 wool in this. Uh, this this one was um, actually my favorite of the show. I really like this. We've got two that on either side of the door here. You were here on the day, like when when you were placing the show. Like, why did you choose the kind of um, organization that you did? I quite like how how it's laid out with these two figures next to this big one, and you've got these two beside the beside the door. Do you get to to hang your work in your own in your own home? Like, how did how do you usually see your work? Is it like this, or is it very different? Uh, it's very different. I usually because I I don't have a lot of hooks on my walls, and I can't hammer any in because it's rented. So my my work's are always kind of propped up on the floor or on top of tables or things like that. So they're they're quite often partially kind of concealed and hidden behind things. So this is completely. A new way of me seeing them and I don't think I I, I I I when I arrived a lot of them had already been hung so it was kind of making little tiny changes and seeing whether it worked but I think I think that these were hung mainly just to do with their size so having you know two tiny little ones next to it next to the biggest piece in the show I just think is quite interesting it makes you kind of you stand back to look at the big one and then you come really close to look at the little ones but then it makes you come close as well to the big one and it I don't know I like that about about the way that they're hung but that's mainly due to um Diego and Jacob who very kindly hang it for me <laughs> next considering the exhibition space on either side of the door as you walk into the space are the two works which we're going to discuss now called harp and pan and wakeful slump with, uh, you, we've got these two, Harp and Pan and Wakeful Slump. Where, where were these two done in the kind of like, um, this whole series, like were they done at the start, at the end of your, of your, of your lockdown? Um, they were nearer the start. So um, Wakeful Slump, the one furthest from what we can see, um, initially was painted, uh, it was painted quite a while ago. I think, yeah, further up. Um, it was painted a while ago. It was painted in the kind of brighter colours that I was using before. So it was very red and it wasn't working for some reason. And then I kind of went back to it over lockdown, deepened all the colours and the kind of bed to the side, which wasn't working at all. And it just made a lot more sense to me. Again, it doesn't have any kind of narrative. So this, this one was kind of like... Um... Perhaps like one of your very first, like going into the into the show. How, from a technique perspective, in this one, does it vary from, for instance, the um, the final portraits? Well, 
it it's a, it has a lot more kind of layering into it. I think it's a bit dirtier. It seems uh, to me like a bit more kind of grotesque. It's not it's not uh, as well thought out. I think I think it's I don't know. I feel like there's 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 things that I've that I've put in and taken away. So for me, looking at it, I can see all the kind of stages that it's been through. But I think the kind of the final the final form doesn't have as much detail, maybe. And there's a, it's a lot more of a kind of silhouette piece than than something with form to it. Um, and for, for a lot of people, I think the the book stands out as the kind of focus of the image, which is quite interesting because when I started it, it was this kind of thing on the floor that you couldn't see. But now because of these deeper colours all around it and leaving that thin layer over the book, it kind of, again, like in the other painting, glows and kind of comes out of the page a lot more. There are very few objects actually in your your works. You tend to have maybe just one object, like a lamp or like a curtain. But each 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 they're really focused around the portraits of the of the characters in in, in the works. But does that just happen naturally? You don't you don't you don't choose an object to work around in each of the works. No, I think I think they're quite theatrical I think I see them as kind of props so the whole the whole image is is based around the figure or the figures and it's it's kind of placing that figure and giving it um like a task or something to interact with but it's not it's never about the objects yeah yeah just to come back to this one uh, because we just touched on it harp and pan do you do you have is that a big kind of old stove in the background what's what's going on here um this was from uh this kind of scene was from a old farming book that i found um of this kind of like these big old chairs and a big old fireplace um and that's where i kind of chose to place this figure um and then Again, it's these kind of shadows forming into these other things. So it's it, it kind of ended up as this kind of room of instruments that don't really exist. Um, so the figure is kind of playing a harp, but it's not really at all in the shape of a harp. And then there's all these kind of horns and pans and kind of objects that might be kind of familiar and something that we're quite comfortable with, but then they're kind of warped and then hidden partly in the shadows and then turned into these kind of figures in themselves instead of being objects. It's, it's nice. How has your palette changed throughout the, the course of this show? Because this seems to be a very different palette to the, the portraits or even, or even, to be honest, Maroon, which was at the start as well. But the, 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 the palette's quite consistent across the whole of the, of the work. How has your palette changed? My pa- I, it's difficult to say because it's very kind of organic. Whichever kind of paints I have next to me, I'll kind of mix together in different quantities and try and make them work. I'm not, I don't really kind of go out seeking colours or um, anything like that. I tend, to, I tend to just paint using red, blue and yellow and then white and then just kind of mix all of my own colours. Right, okay. Okay, um, so you arrive at your own palette without any kind of um, going out there and picking from a, a range of reds or a range of yeah. 
green. And then it, and then if I end up with with a new kind of color, I'll then work that into it, and then have to kind of get get to know it and see how it works, and then yeah, kind of mold it into the palette that I already use. They always uh-huh. kind of tend tend to end up well at the moment, especially in these kind of deep warm red tones kind of no matter which which colors i use well how do you think um post eclipse of a dodgy lamp how do you think the series is going to last with you how's it going to stay with you how's it affected like what you're going to do next it's interesting because it's it's this is the first kind of uh finished collection of work i think that i'm that i'm happy with it's quite nice to have had it kind of rounded off and finished and I can now leave it and push it further. Um, I think I, I'm, I continue to be interested in shadows and I think that I'll kind of continue that. Um, but I'm looking more at, um, at kind of symbolism and meaning in my paintings. So um, placing, placing a figure in a space for a specific reason. Um, and then looking at how that figure interacts with the objects around it, maybe in the reference photo, um, and talking with the subjects um, and kind of, yeah, figuring out what that space would mean to that figure. Um, so I think that's how I'm going to kind of push it from now. It's uh, yeah. great. Well done, for, well done for bringing it all together. Well done for <laughs> managing to bring, bring together like a whole body of work so many canvases and all the work that wasn't shown in the in the show like any drawings and whatever and bring the research and bringing it all together in this show is a, an excellent achievement well done and um i'm really excited to see where you take your work next because this is this this is a, this is a great exhibition to put on i'm really happy to have had the chance to talk to you and yeah i'm I'm excited to see where you take it from here. Thank you. It was a really great opportunity to be able to show it in a space like this. You can view Kate Burling's work in the exhibition now displayed on Castorian called Eclipse of the Dodgy Lamp. You can expect a new Art Adventures episode every two weeks discussing all Castorian's exhibitions, so please subscribe to hear more experiences from artists, collectors and curators. If you like what you've heard or had a chance to see any of these 3D captured exhibitions online, please let me know using all the usual social channels. Thank you to Kate Burling for speaking with me and thanks to Guts Gallery and Softpunk for commissioning the exhibition. Thanks also to Apricot Audio for producing this episode. I hope you'll visit with Castorian again soon. Thank you.